Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, what's going on? I'm talking with Bron Daler from Mastodon. Their new album is called Hushed and Grim. It's available now. Came out, uh, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? I don't know. I've been jamming it so much. I've been listening to it for over a year, so I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. No, I, I think it was a couple weeks ago, yeah. 20, the 29th of October is when it came out. So, so whatever day that was, <laughs> however long ago that was. Sorry, we just got on tour like a week ago, and I'm just, you know, get, just getting into it. Of course. So you guys are over on the East Coast right now. Um, yeah, we're in Albany. Albany. So uh, with the like the COVID protocol and stuff, I'm assuming the backstage stuff, probably a little bit more subdued and chill with less people around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, backstage is on lockdown and we're all bubbled up here. So, yeah, no fun zone. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to really just party with each other. Yeah, which we're kind of used to that anyway, so it's fine. Word. So uh, you, you you mentioned uh, just a second ago that you've been listening to this album for like a year uh, and some change or whatever. Uh, wh- so were these songs uh, written and, and recorded before the pandemic or during the pandemic? Uh, during, yeah. Hmm. Uh, they were written. They, we started the writing process maybe uh, three or four months before the lockdown happened in March. And um and then we didn't see each other for three or four months, like mm-hmm. most people. And then we got back into it and just continued, uh, you know, pouring over the demos and, um, you know, just kind of rolling up the sleeves and getting in there and doing the work. And then I think in September of or September of 2020 is when we mm-hmm. decided on a producer. And then we started tracking in mid November. So it was, exactly a year ago uh, that we had started tracking uh, pre-production and it was lasted like a week. And then we got into it and we were there uh, 
November, December, January, February, March. I think it was like three or four months before we were finished. So was was uh, the the album recording affected at all by the pandemic, or were you guys kind of in a really small bubble and, and it kept it pretty normal? Oh, it was definitely affected. There could only be a couple people that worked at a time down at the studio. Uh, and I think the overall writing, I don't think we would be talking about a double album if we had, if the pandemic hadn't have happened because we always have a tour looming or some kind of something to do. Yeah. Uh, but we had nothing like most entertainers, you know, because, uh, this is the last industry to come back. So, yep. uh, and we had no hopes of anything. There was nothing on the horizon. There was just, you know, we, we did like an adult swim festival thing. Mm-hmm. We did, uh, you know, we had pre- sort of prepared for the aquarium gig. Uh, but other than that, it was really just all we had to do is work on the record. So we we worked on it pretty tirelessly. You know, we just sort of poured over it every day. That's all anybody yeah. was thinking about. And we never had to shift gears. You know, a lot of times, even you know, during any album recording, you you got a gig or something like in the middle of Crack the Sky, we had to play Bonnaroo. So it was like, all right, shift gears. We got to relearn Blood and Thunder and Crystal Skull and all these songs. And and it's like you know, takes the focus away from the uh, the writing of the material. So. Um, yeah, I mean, without it, I guess, uh, you know, uh, who knows what the record would have sounded like, but this is what it is. Yeah. So so um, that must have been a positive thing to be able to, you know, because like everyone full of anxiety, full of just raw emotions, just scared out of our minds. I, 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 at least maybe I'm speaking for myself. I didn't know, you know, when things would come back and, and just job situations and all this stuff. Oh no, you weren't alone. You weren't alone. I was definitely going through some, some, some mental stuff that I was like, okay, I just need to, I just need to go work on this. Yeah. Work on this music. And then that'll help. That definitely helped my mental state. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the album's done. And then it comes out at this perfect time now where, where shows are happening. You guys are on tour, obviously. And, you know, things are, are opening up. I mean, in Seattle, there's like there's literally like five shows that I want to go to this weekend. It's it's actually like in, in abundance. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's really back. Yeah, um, I, I, I figured it was going to be like that. I'm like, man, every when this thing opens up, every single band in the world is going to yep. go on tour at the same time. Uh, so did you guys um, decide to hold off a little while or did you guys because like there were a lot of albums that came out during the pandemic that i feel like kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle because they couldn't tour on them did you guys want to hold off until it was safe to go out and promote it uh i mean we sort of were fortunate in that way where um we we were able to hold off uh and you know there was no rush to like put it out immediately and it kind of gave us just a little bit more setup time for it. And um, there was no reason to put it out right away, you know, after it was done being recorded because yeah, just, we, we sort of got lucky in that respect. So um, yeah, I, it worked out for us. So uh, the, the album, uh, like you said, it's a double album. I was, I've been listening to it a lot uh, and there's some, some really dynamic songwriting in there. And I'm, you know, maybe it's just me kind of just, overthinking it but i hear some like kind of 70s prog rock influence is that is that true is there is it kind of like a prog influence on some of these songs oh yeah i mean we've always been we've always worn those influences on our sleeves you know Mm -hmm. yes king crimson old genesis uh you know um so we always try to figure out a way to put it in there but yeah i think that this record especially it, it it rears its head more than uh more than some of our 
later albums. So yeah, you no, you're correct. Nice. Right on, man. Well, okay. So it's gotta be, it's gotta feel pretty good to get back on the road, but um, you know, I, I I'm curious, was this the longest period of time away from the road that you've had in your adult life? Uh, yeah, since I was maybe 23 or 24 when I first started like touring heavily. Um, yeah, this is the most, most time off I've had. I got used to being at home. <laughs> all the creature comforts, you don't have to worry. Everything's there. You know, now I'm back on tour and it's like, Oh yeah, this, <laughs> I mean, it, as a, I mean, I love playing and all that stuff, but you never know where you're going to be the next day. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's really great. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, uh, just okay. <laughs> so was that kind of a shock to your system to get back on the road? Like at first you're like, okay, this again. Whew. Not really. I mean, you know, it's riding a bike type of situation, you know, I mean, you know, I know my way around this kitchen pretty well word uh well well aside from you know recording the album working on the album was there anything specifically that you did like maybe on a daily basis or anything to like keep you sane during this time uh, where, where you couldn't tour uh well <clears throat> or maybe that's an assumption that you stayed sane you know no <laughs> no i was going pretty bonkers there for a little bit when we i couldn't we couldn't even go down to the studio for three or four months so we couldn't yeah. weren't, we weren't allowed to leave our houses mm-hmm. except for if you're going to the grocery store and we we stuck to to that to try to be good little boys so uh uh i drew a clown every day for 101 days straight that's right i, saw so I did clown. that that kind of got me out of bed in the morning and gave me something to do to anchor me to this planet you know i was like yeah. okay i'm going to draw a clown and i had all these ideas for different clowns i was going to draw and i had a whole list of them i was going to do get up every morning have my two tangerines with a glass of water and a couple cups of coffee and crack my sketchbook draw the daily clown and text it to all my friends and then uh it became a thing so i did it for 101 days straight and now it's a coffee table book through revolver magazine called the 101 clowns Ron Daler's 101 clowns of the coronavirus. So yeah, you can uh, gift that to your loved ones this Christmas. <laughs> That's amazing. What, what was it about the clowns? Was it just something that like cheered you up a little bit? Uh, what, you know, I went through a lot of, if you flip through the book, you'll see, you know, it goes chronologically. So you can see sort of my, you know, maybe some of the more, uh, the darker clowns, you know, you say kind of see, a lot of my friends were using them to psychoanalyze me for like a week. They'd say, man, you really went dark this week. Are you okay? Is everything all right? I'd be like, I'm just working it out through the clowns. Just showing you where I'm at. <laughs> you know, once in a while, there'd be a nice cute one and be like, Hey, everything's okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, sometimes I'd draw like a real funny, try to do a funny one, you know, just to try to try to cheer myself up, you know, try to make it, make myself come out of whatever funk I was in, you know, mm-hmm. cause I couldn't do Mastodon and I couldn't do, you know, I just, you know, for some reason, you know, when you can't go do your job and you're just at home, it makes you feel worthless. So, uh, totally. The clown helped bring me out of a lot of the funk. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I would say uh, whoop whoop. But, you know, that's another, you know, that's another band's catchphrase. So there's a, there's a whoop whoop clown in there. Nice. All right. There we go. I did a nice classic like Greek theater masks, you know, Uh and they have uh, the the uh, the insane clown posse makeup on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Some I, I had representation. To throw, had to put them in there. 
absolutely, man. You can't you can't go clowns without them. So um, albums. I'm curious about. Um, so this is a question I like to ask. Um, just based on this time period, um, music was a thing that you know I would go on long walks, just long rambling walks with no real destination in sight and i would just listen to new music or old music and i would you know a couple albums i would just listen to on repeat sometimes was there any albums that or there are there any albums that you can go to when you're having a day um anything that you can just put back on and you'd be like that's a good vibe um i put on stevie wonders inner visions Mm. usually that one that one helps me uh ziggy stardust helps I'd say um, uh, Genesis Lamb Lies Down on Broadway helps. And uh, I'd say King Diamond's Them. I like that one. I'll put that one on and it makes me feel, yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice, that's like, that's gra- That's like grandma's meatloaf for me right there. Yeah. That's a nice warm blanket. <laughs> Absolutely. King Diamond Them. I'm like, yes, this is my home. I live here with grandma and the tea. Grandma. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so looking back in, in, um, you know, your, your time frame of, of like starting to play drums, what was, who was your inspiration to, to pick up the drums? Were you, did you come from a musical family? Uh, did you, were you in like a tight music community or, you know, where'd you pick up the drums from? Uh, my uncle Mark was just a few years older than me and uh, he played drums in my grandfather's band. Oh, that's killing. You know, my grandfather and my grandmother had a band when when they were like teenagers or, you know, or, you know, late teens, 16, 17, 18, they played the Grand Ole Opry. And That's so cool. And with Ernest Tubb down in uh, Tennessee. Is there Nashville. any albums? Do they have any albums we could look up or? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's some recordings, but it's, there's no actual albums that they cut. I don't think I'd have to do some research on that, but yeah, That's nothing so that cool. got passed around the family at least. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they jammed at the Opry and then, wow. and then later when I came along, they were, my my grandmother was like played bass and like a jazz, did jazz standards, like take the A train, A, A train and some Billy holiday and stuff like that. Nice. And then my grandfather was in sort of a, uh, country rock band, you know, and my uncle was a drummer. So my mom was pretty young when she had me. So when we would go over there we were over there quite a bit to visit yeah. the grandparents and uh, I always end up in the attic with my uncle playing drums and he'd put like records on and say, play along to this, you know, it would be like deep purple or That's cool. rainbow Montrose Nazareth, stuff like that, that he was into. Yeah. And he was just, yeah. Like my, my aunts and uncles are all like, my parents are the kind of like the, the older children of their family. So mm-hmm. all my aunts and uncles were more like siblings age for me. So every time we'd go over there, they were, you know, hanging. So, um, yeah, I'd say my Uncle Mark was my main inspiration to play the drums. And everybody in my family played an instrument. My mom was a singer in a rock band. So it was like, uh, it was more of a question of which instrument are you going to play as opposed to are you going to play. So as a lot of uh, drummers know, you have to have cool parents to be a drummer. They have to be, there's no volume knob on the drums and uh, they have to listen to you suffer through whatever yeah <laughs> whatever you're trying to learn you know i'm sure it's, it's different for parents they're listening to their their kid you know figure something out so that's probably kind of fun but i'm sure that it was annoying for at some moments when i was up there bang, banging away on the drums my parents had to deal with the trumpet so 
that was oh god yeah that's <laughs> another one that's up there with the drums like she's running them scales yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um okay so when you're uh, at least in the Seattle metal community, I'm sure this is like everywhere. There's like usually like two or three drummers and they're in every band because there's only a few metal drummers. Right. What is, was that a case for you getting, you know, into the, into the music scene and stuff Were you like in high demand, like filling in or playing in a bunch of different projects? Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's how every scene is. You know? Yeah. There's like the one guy. I mean, I wasn't the one guy. There was a guy in Rochester named Rob Fallardo and he was in okay. every single band. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. oh, he's in that band now. Oh, you're in that. Yeah. It's 20 bands. That was just in a few, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. Maybe it was like my busy style. People are like, you can't do it. You can't, you can't calm down. <laughs> it's going to play all <laughs> over everything. We don't want that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I did a few things that, um, that were favors for sure. Nice. All right. Well, I just have a couple more questions. Don't want to take up too much of your, uh, your time today, but, uh, as far as like nerdy metal and, and nerdy music, uh, fan question, I, if you could transport your yourself into any album cycle, any period and sit on in on the drums for one band during one period, which band would it be? And what cycle, what, what period of their, their career? Uh, I say Iron Maiden, peace of mind. That would be pretty. You'd have a pretty cool drum throne on that one. Yeah, my buddy <laughs> Nico. I'd be so stoked to see that being recorded and be there. That'd be sweet. Hell yeah! Right on, man. Well, uh, we're a Seattle radio station, as you know. Um, what it, What are some of your favorite Seattle bands of all time? And I'm putting you on the spot here, so you know you you can uh, take your time or whatever. Is there any Seattle bands that you know really inspired you? I can't think of any. Are there, do you have bands in Seattle? Yeah, a couple. I don't know. It's pretty obscure. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I think the Melvins are from Olympia, mm-hmm. but uh, so Seattle. I mean, you know, um, I would have to say, you know, I like uh, uh, is Mud Honey from Seattle? Mm-hmm. They definitely I like Mud are. Honey. Yeah, Tad I like Tad. Oh yeah, heavy. Uh, I like uh, Queensryche. Nice. Dude. Operation Mindcrime was one of my favorite records. I like, uh, what's that one band? Soundgarden. Yeah, I don't know. Are they, are they, from, are they from Seattle? Are they from, uh, <laughs> I love Soundgarden. They're amazing. Yeah, you guys yeah. played with them uh, what, almost a decade ago, like at the Gorge. Epic. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. That was one of my favorite. So, I mean, you know, you know, Kim plays a guitar solo on one of the songs on the new record. So uh, um, he plays on a song called Had It All and uh, a really amazing guitar solo that he gave to us. So uh, love Soundgarden. Allison Chains, are they from mm-hmm. Seattle? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Allison Chains, all the, all those guys. I mean, we toured with, with Allison Chains. Awesome. Um, yeah, Black years Diamond ago. Sky. Yeah, Black Diamond Sky, one of my favorite tours I ever did. Uh, just listening to Deftones and Allison Chains every night. Allison Chains is a huge influence on us. I think you know, big. You can hear it in our our music. You know, we 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 take them, we take them with us. Yes. You know, so big influence. They're they're harmonizing and just the guitar work. And yeah, Sean's a funny mother. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Right on, man. Well, my last question for you. If you could show us, if not, no worries. Just tell us. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of the scar. 
Okay, I don't know if you can zoom in here. Okay, yeah, I, I see one. it. Yep, you see it. So I was gonna we're gonna sell my old house and had to redo the deck. Okay. Um, so I got my buddy Steve over there to help me demo the deck, and I was like, I'm gonna be a big boy and and pitch in here and demo this deck. Yeah. So not five minutes into it, I'm up swinging with a hammer to get one of the rails off of there. And I hit myself directly in the face with a hammer and had to go right to the hospital, like five minutes into demoing the deck. So, uh, cool. Awesome. Sweet. (laughs) And Steve's Steve's like, no more, no more hammers for Braun. Braun, you just sit in there and watch TV or something. Yeah. (laughs) I got this. Nice, dude. Well, I appreciate you humoring me with that ridiculous last question and and taking the time again. Hushed and Grim available now. Hopefully, we'll see you in Seattle uh, sooner rather than later. Do you you know if you'll be in the Northwest uh, anytime in the twenty twenty two? Maybe. Of course, yeah, we'll be there. Okay, don't worry. Second leg coming up. We'll be announcing it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Awesome, Bron. We, we love we, we love Seattle. It's always got a soft soft space in our heart. You know, we recorded two albums in Seattle, so. So we, uh, we love the people there. We love the city and we feel like uh, a kinship. So right we'll be there. Awesome. Well, we look forward to it, man. Have a good one, Bron. Awesome. You too. Take it easy. See ya. Bye. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.